And we welcome you back to this radio program, which is known as Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And let me introduce you to our participants in this segment of the program. We have uh, Jody Harper on hand from Hello. Southern New Hampshire AHEC. Great to have you well, in studio today, Jody. It's It's been a while. And also Paula Smith uh, on the phone. Paula's Hi. been with us, a contributor, and she's been with uh, AHEC for what? Uh, 25 years? That's right. Yeah. Wow. A quarter of a century. <laughs> and uh, joining us in studio, and uh, great to have her with us today, is Macy Muller. Hi. Hi, Macy. Macy is the uh, project director for the uh, UNH Institute on Disability. So, Macy, just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, what you do. Sure. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here today. This is my first time on radio, so this is a very exciting opportunity. My name is Macy Muller, and I am a project director at the Institute on Disability at the University of New Hampshire. I have a master's degree in psychology and an MBA in business marketing. I was born and raised in New Hampshire, so it's nice to be here. Um, and I actually was living in Florida for about 12 years, but ended up moving back to raise my family in New Hampshire. Um, but much of my co uh, career experience is providing academic support with, and coaching to students with learning disabilities at the college level. More recently, in my current role as a project director, I have continued providing academic support and coaching um, in addition to career development and training um, with paraprofessionals in the behavioral health field. I have found it to be a passion of mine to build one's confidence and self-motivation through various learning and development tools and understanding their own resili resiliency to prove, e to prove each individual can be successful in his or her career and life. Well, that is uh, terrific. What a, what a background you have. And uh, uh, tell us, what uh, uh, what is Building Futures Together? Can you tell us about that, Macy? Of course. Building Futures Together is a training program funded by the Health Resources and Services Administration, also referred to as HRSA, offered through the Institute on Disability at the University of New Hampshire. <clears throat> this program is a Department of Labor apprenticeship model that targets paraprofessionals working in the behavioral health field, specifically with children, youth, adolescents, and transition-aged youth, and their caregivers who have been impacted by substance misuse. As I'm sure you all know, <coughs> excuse me, over the last few years, there's a critical need for paraprofessionals in the behavioral health field, as well as the mental health field, based on the opioid epidemic. One way to help this workforce crisis is providing workforce development and training to those who have a passion in the field, many of which have lived experience themselves, whether it's with substance misuse, behavioral or mental health themselves. Building Futures Together allows individuals working firsthand with this population to receive online didactic training to help support their role in the field. Our three week, eight, um, sorry, three eight week courses um, that the trainees take include the Certified Recovery Support Worker course, which is actually taught through NHTI, New Hampshire Technical Institute, Concord's Community College, the Family Systems and Substance Misuse course, and an Enhanced Care Coordination course. These three college-like courses prepare these individuals to work more effectively and confidently with this vulnerable population. 
Once the trainees complete the courses successfully, they can move into level two of the program, which is the one year of on-the-job training. This is where trainees apply what they have learned in the courses based on the list of competencies that have been approved by the Department of Labor to their current jobs in the field while working with a mentor. Upon successful completion of the program, trainees receive a cert certificate of completion from NHDI for the CRSW course, the, then also a UNH certificate of completion, a digital badge for each course and the on-the-job training portion, and also a Department of Labor certificate of completion based on the employer participation. So these individuals are getting a lot out of this program. This is so cool. I mean, what a really neat opportunity to bring apprenticeships to a different sector. Because usually when we talk about apprenticeships, I mean, I grew up in a small, um, you know, white or blue collar factory town. So apprenticeships for me were, you know, things like machining and electrician and plumbing. And so what benefit do you see bringing apprenticeships to a different sector in a different market than what we traditionally think about? Yeah, so I think a lot of these individuals working in this field have are able to provide, like I had mentioned, this resiliency, this lived experience where they are able to give back to these individuals that are struggling like they have um, and just supporting the family in a way that they need. And really, it's such a cool way, um, you know, because a lot of times when we're People are always talking about college. You need that formal education and training. But what a great way to recognize there's another pathway and another entryway into the system and starting to put value to someone having lived experience. Like, life is worth something. Not a lot of schools give you college credit for life, but this is a way to recognize that. There you go. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, Macy, what do uh, people who enroll in this uh, program do? Sure. So our trainees work with employers across the state of New Hampshire in places such as family resource centers, residential recovery programs, community peer recovery centers, schools, and homeless shelters, as well as community child family protection agencies. Our goal is to see growth in a trainee's confidence in the application of tools and resources that they've learned to help families in need, such as substance misuse. This will also help employers with their overall employee effectiveness and efficiency, as well as higher job satisfaction, reduced turnover, and overall positive working environment. We have seen such great success in our program. It has been truly rewarding and inspiring to see these individuals be so successful in the program, both in their personal life and in their careers. Many of them, as you were kind of touching upon, um, continue their education training and entering into an associate's or a bachelor's degree program, um, along with many who have received promotions with their employer site as well, cool. which is really, really amazing to see in just a short period of time during yeah. our program. That's awesome. Yeah, it has to be uh, very gratifying, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, these programs are uh, very beneficial to uh, members of the community, que no question about that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, how can listeners uh, get involved or how can listeners tell, uh, you know, uh, some of their friends about this and, and maybe get involved in, in, the, in the program? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we are currently working on efforts to sustain our program um, just, just based on our grant funding um, at, when our great grant funding ends. But to be able to offer these to more individuals working in the behavioral health field, such as community health workers, um, 
there was actually a meeting I was on just last week that discussed the need for core training for community health workers. I think you were on that. Were you on that yep. call, Jody? <laughs> <laughs> and peer professionals, which was had some overlap in curriculum and similar competencies, both that are needed to successfully work with this, this these populations. Um, so I think just continuing this apprenticeship model, um, just like Building Futures Together, has great potential in the training and development many of these individuals in the field could benefit from, mm-hmm. and also recruiting and helping with the workforce shortages, um, just by creating that workforce pipeline, as we had just discussed. Um, So developing funding and supporting apprenticeship programs can really strengthen our workforce, which is where I think the community and state of New Hampshire can really help. Yeah. Yeah, Can I jump in here? Sure, Paula. And so uh, Macy actually and uh, her colleague Joanne Malloy are actually helping us at AHEC. Um, We have a grant to develop a community health worker apprenticeship program. And what we've drafted so far is that some of the community health workers enrolled Uh, who enroll in that program will be able to take the courses that Macy mentioned potentially as electives because Mm -hmm. not all people work with families who are um, working in in to address substance use disorder Um, but I think this would be one way of showing organizational collaboration um, to sustain the the program so I think you know we're really lucky that we get to play in the sandbox together definitely no I I, like I said that meeting that I was just part of last week it just it hit both Joanne Malloy and I um, saying you know this is what we're we're trying to get to this is what we want um, and this is our ultimate goal is to be able to have those different um, areas within behavioral health to be working together to have this core training um, to benefit these individuals. Uh, what a terrific resource it is to have uh, here in, in the state. Yeah, it's really kind of neat some of what's happening about workforce. And Macy, I'm wondering, you had mentioned that you're already starting to see some of your folks get promotions in their jobs. Is there anything that sticks out as like a success story or somebody you want to highlight? Um, I mean, just our employers in general, the employer partners we've had are have been amazing. Um, I mean, Granite Pathways, Hope on Haven Hill, um, the Family Resource Centers, Archways. Archways has had many uh, trainees go through our program and have been so, so successful. So um, I just hope that we are con- able to continue um, and focus on this workforce development um, and you know see this additional pipeline avenue for these individuals. Awesome, thank you. Macy Muller, first time on the radio. Uh, Rodeo. (laughs) Rodeo. It's your first rodeo on the the radio. That's right. That's what I meant to say. Uh, You did a great job. And uh, Macy is the uh, project director at the UNH Institute on Disability. Thank you for being with us on on the program today. And uh, thanks to Paula as well and to Jody. And uh, we will continue right after these words. Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. We'll be right back right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And we welcome you to this edition of Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education today. And joining us from AHEC, we have Jody Harper back after a long absence uh, from the program. I missed you all. And we, we missed you. 
And uh, Paula Smith is with us over 25 Hi years. Hi, Paula. Great to have you back as well. Thank you. From uh, Southern, uh, Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. And uh, joining us for the first time is Lynn Carpenter. And she is the owner of Navlin Resources and affiliated with AHEC. And uh, Lynn, we welcome you to the show. Great to have you with us. Just Thank t- you so much tell for us having a, me. T- tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Navlin Resources. Sure. Thank you so much. So uh, I have been in healthcare for a little over 30 years. I actually started my career as a dental hygienist and uh, cared for patients clinically for about seven years. I went on to get my master's degree in health administration and found my true calling, which was nursing home administration. I practiced as a nursing home administrator for about 20 years, Uh, went on to uh, receive my doctorate and uh, I'll say retired from nursing home administration in 2020 (laughs) and started my own business, Navlin Resources. I do uh, consulting with healthcare entities and as part of my business, I've been fortunate enough to contract with uh, Southern New Hampshire AHAC and be part of their team to manage uh, some really great and, and important uh, grants. So that's what brought me here today. Uh, that That is terrific. And uh, Paula's uh, joining us as well. And uh, there are, as I understand in any way, some uh, uh, great shortages of uh, workforce in the medical community. Uh, right now. So uh, tell us how uh, you work together with uh, uh, Navlin Resources and uh, AHEC uh, in an effort to uh, to take care of that situation. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Um, so AHEC, one of the, the real primary mission of AHEC is really workforce development for current and future health professionals. And so the workforce shortages are really in every sector. Yep. Um, and I know today we're going to focus mostly on health. And so, you know, we've just, we're just coming out of the pandemic, and the pandemic really did a job on, um, on the workforce. Um, but we have some other reasons why workforce is challenging. Some of it has to do with our housing and that it's, you know, we don't have as, as many housing opportunities, and those that we have are kind of expensive. Um, people sometimes, especially young people, are leaving the state for higher education opportunities, and then they don't really come back. Um, we have challenges with families finding childcare, and there's also the lack of workforce for caregivers uh, for adults who are sick with or without COVID or that have a disability that has um, created some people having to stay at home and not be able to enter the workforce. Um, and many people have retired earlier, and so I think we really need to think about um, the pipeline um, for workforce um, as well as engaging some of our older workers and say, well, you know, you might not want to work 40 hours, but what, what can you do for us? And so those are some of the things that we're thinking about for workforce um, and healthcare. And I know Lynn's going to talk a little bit about the workforce data report, so I'm not going to get into any numbers um, at this point. Well, what about the collaboration between AHEC and uh, Sector Partners Initiative and uh, and Workforce? Yeah, so the the sector partnership um, initiative is really, I think, a national program. And in New Hampshire, the there are a number of different sectors. So there was one on technology, one on construction, one on manufacturing, hospitality, um, and Roxy Severance was most recently the the pioneer um, of the sector partnership 
um, for health. And so what we do is we have these regional meetings um, of employers and academic institutions and um, and different stakeholders who come together to talk about what are the workforce opportunities and challenges in their region um, so that we can try to figure out how to meet those needs. And so um, the Sector Partnership Initiative was originally housed under, I believe, the Home Care Association. And Lynn, correct me if I'm wrong. The Health Care Association, Healthcare. yes. Thank you. Um, and... Um, and then more recently, on uh, the last two years, has come under the Southern New Hampshire AHEC to manage um, and really sustain the initiative. So we're really excited to contract um, with Lynn because she's been such a valuable partner um, with her expertise um, and, and the programs that, that she offers through the Sector Partnership Initiative. Yeah, and there have been some really neat, tangible outcomes that have come from AHEC and the SPI, as we call it on the in the biz, if you will. Um, we worked with our team. Um, we have a student who now is an employee um, who is a genius when it comes to curriculum development and is someone who teaches me about computers every day, which I really appreciate. Nice, nice. But we were in a couple of the, the sector partnership initiative meetings. We, they were saying the, the educators, the worker, the workforce, the employers that were there, we're saying, you know, we're really looking for ways to have some easy curriculum access. So how do we develop some way that teachers and educators can go and say, all right, here is science curriculum that's easy labs, something that's really creative, but yet easy to find for K through three and for middle school and for high school. And so we have been working on developing and you'll be able to go to our website and check it out, a curriculum guide for educators. So if there's any teachers listening and you want to be able to have some health and science and workforce development curriculum right at your fingertips, we encourage you to check it out and sign up. Uh, and as we know, you know, career fairs and opportunities to have professionals in the classroom is always a big deal for educators. Sure. So we're creating a speakers bureau. So this is a chance for people that are working in healthcare to go and sign up and say, hey, you know what? I want to get back to my community. I want to go and talk in a classroom about what's going on in my field and what I do and what's my area of expertise. So um, we're launching both of those this summer. So on our website under the SPI link, um, you can go and you can sign yourself up and then eventually our, our phase two will be schools can kind of come and say, okay, we want to have this many speakers coming in on this many topics for this many hours or whatnot. So that way it's kind of almost like a, a matchmaking service for for people who want to get out there and share the good word about their health careers. Yeah, Jody, I'd love to just um, expand upon that a little bit. So one of the other hats that I've worn over this past year is as a, as a career and technical um, education teacher, CTE, uh, teaching student, high school students, um, and they actually got college credits as well. But in my day-to-day uh, -day teaching of high school students, there were often times when I felt like, you know, I don't think they want to listen to me all the time. <laughs> How great would it be exactly. if I'm talking about uh, HIPAA or privacy and healthcare to have someone working in healthcare and come and share with them you know, how does this impact you in your day-to-day -day world? Yeah. And for many, uh, many high school students and, and many adults as well, that kind of getting out there and uh, getting into healthcare can be a little bit scary or even intimidating. And through those relationships built by having people come yeah. into the classroom, it really helped uh, the students be more comfortable. So... Well, as Paula mentioned a few moments ago, uh, Lynn, you have uh, a, a workforce data report to tell us about? 
Yes, I do. Uh, thank you so much. So as Paula mentioned, um, the Healthcare Sector Partnerships Initiative is a group of, of stakeholders. So employers, um, in organizations and entities that provide supportive services to workers or potential workers, as well as training programs come together to talk about how do we work collaboratively to uh, build and retain our workforce. And I, I, I love data and uh, you know I love really having a, a strategy for my work. And one of the things that we were missing is really defining what's the issue that we're trying to solve. Uh, I always say, you know, we can't improve what we can't measure or we can't define. And so uh, Paula mentioned my, my colleague, Roxy Severance, who was the healthcare sector advisor for years, and I got together a few years ago and said, you know, where do we start? Um, how do we start collecting some data? And we are fortunate enough uh, through Southern New Hampshire AHEC to get some support and funding to do uh, the beginning, I'll say, of a data collection project. We looked at uh, six different sectors, so uh, nursing homes, assisted livings, uh, hospitals, and home health care uh, for 12 different key positions, so including uh, advanced practice registered nurses, registered nurses, licensed practical nurses, and licensed nursing assistants, along with home health aides and personal care attendants, and uh, dining and environmental services. And we collected data from uh, about a little over 30% of um, the employers in the state about their, uh, their vacancies. So we looked at the total number of positions needed to fill those roles, mm -hmm. the number that were open, and from that um, calculated vacancy rates. And we did this at two times over the past year, what I call phase one and phase two. And even with a, a response rate of 31 and 32% in 2022 and 2023, respectively, uh, we found some very high vacancy rates. Did some of these findings surprise you? Uh, yes and no. Okay. I think we were surprised to see that uh, some of the vacancy rates did improve uh, over the, the past year, but others like uh, registered nurses, home health aides were still very significant. We are chatting today with uh, Lynn Carpenter, the owner of Navlin Resources, and uh, they're affiliated with AHEC, as we uh, told you. Uh, Jody Harper is here from AHEC, Paula Smith as well, and uh, we're just getting started today on the program. We're presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program, which is called Your Health New Hampshire, is one that focuses on wellness and health education. We'll be right back with our, another great segment right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. So stay with us. Welcome back to Your Health New Hampshire. It's presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, AHEC, a program that focuses on wellness and health education right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Uh, with us in studio today, Lynn Carpenter of Navlin Resources, affiliated with AHEC, and uh, from AHEC, Jody Hopper and Paula Smith. Great to have all of you with us. And uh, in a, an earlier segment today, uh, Lynn, we were talking about the workforce data report, and uh, I think there are some things in that report that you'd like to uh, 
touch on or, or focus on some others that we did not touch on in that uh, opening segment? Yes, absolutely. Thank you again. Uh, I think there were a couple of different surprises. So I want to, there are things we weren't anticipating, I guess I should say. Uh, I just want to expand upon our, our approach to the data and the reporting as well. I think it, it's important to note that the Healthcare Sector Partnerships Initiative, uh, while some of the uh, challenges around workforce are statewide, some are very specific to the regions. So there are uh, five different SPI regions throughout the state, and we were able to collect data by region so and report by region, I should say, and then take all of it and do a statewide report as well. The, uh, some of the challenges and the vacancies in the North Country, as an example, are very different from the challenges and vacancies that we saw on the seacoast. So it was very interesting to learn uh, where some of those common themes were and, and also identify the things that were very different. One of the things that we saw across the state that wasn't surprising was the, the vacancy rate or the need and demand for home health aides who are, um, it's really an, an entry-level uh, direct caregiver who's caring for individuals most of the time in their own homes, sometimes in an assisted living setting as well. Uh, non-licensed typically uh, just start the job and, and are caring for people. Uh, very can be a very challenging job, and uh, the vacancy rates for home health aides and PCAs or personal care attendants throughout the state tended to be between 30 and 40 percent, wow. which is significant, along with uh, licensed nursing assistants who do require some training, 110 hours of training and, and licensure in the state. Um, the things that we've been hearing about uh, the challenges and seeing, uh, you know, the numbers of openings for these types of positions, it wasn't surprising to learn that these vacancies uh, exist. And as much as we have uh, brought new caregivers into the pipeline, I'll talk about that in a moment, uh, we're seeing that uh, people are leaving the field as well. And one of the things that this data report, really a data project and report helped us uh, with is to really identify the need to better understand why people are leaving the field as well. Mm. Uh, the bottom line is New Hampshire needs caregivers, correct? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that is a program that's been developed, correct? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So New, the New Hampshire Needs Caregivers program actually started back uh, – in 2019, uh, before the pandemic. So it has changed and, and morphed uh, over time. Uh, right now, uh, New Hampshire Needs Caregivers exists to recruit, train, and assist individuals who are interested in becoming licensed nursing assistants uh, and working in uh, long-term care and skilled nursing settings, such as nursing homes and assisted living. Uh, facilities. The program uh, actually pays the tuition for the LNA course. And as a program director, I also support individuals uh, through the finding training, uh, providing that tuition support, and finding employment once they're licensed. Very good. And who is eligible for the program? Uh, anyone age uh, 16 or over is eligible for the program. Uh, they can be currently employed in a skilled nursing or a long-term care setting, 
or committed to employment in skilled nursing or long-term care. And I'm sure with it uh, goes uh, many benefits for the community. Absolutely. So uh, the new pipeline, I'll say, of licensed nursing assistants is always helpful. Um, I found in my experience over the past few months in particular that uh, people from other, other industries, people who have always wanted to get into caregiving or nursing and never had the opportunity to do so, have been able to take advantage of this opportunity and become licensed nursing assistants. Um, they tend to be very passionate, uh, very driven, uh, and really have this uh, a calling, I'll say, to mm-hmm. care for older and disabled uh, individuals in the state that reside in our skilled nursing and long-term care facilities. And there's much need for those licensed nursing assistants. How long of a program is it? How long does it take to become a, a licensed nursing assistant if you're just starting from uh, from square one? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So the training is 110 hours. Uh, 50 hours of that as uh, classroom training uh, can also be done online and 60 hours clinical in person can be done in as short as three weeks or as long as eight to 10 weeks, just depending on an individual's schedule and their availability. Our, our training partners, uh, LNA Health Careers and the Community College System of New Hampshire offer various trainings, some are weekends only, evenings, uh, some are, are during the day and full-time to really accommodate uh, anyone's schedule and help them be successful. That is terrific. What, what an opportunity for some people and, uh, and how much it benefits the community at large. It's terrific. Yeah. And can, I, can I add, this is Paula, to just say that many, um, many people become licensed nursing assistants and they, um, they stay in that career, but many also, it's a career pathway. So mm-hmm. people come in, they, they start working with people, they feel that passion and that commitment that Lynn mentioned, and then they'll go on and they'll be like, oh, I'm learning things on the job that helps set me up for nursing school, for example. And so there's this really great pipeline so that people can then get that experience working in the nursing home or the skilled nursing facility and and then going to school and they get their registered nurse degree or and maybe further, but that that um, that initial interest where they really feel like they're making a difference um, really can help them, um, and we want to continue to support them in in moving forward with their own career path. Do you find that uh, people of uh, varied ages uh, ages take part uh, in the in the program? I, I do. Uh, I had uh, quite a few high school students that I've worked with over the past couple of years. So again, as as young as 16 years of age, wow. uh, become LNAs and really start in a in a great career and make that final decision to pursue nursing school. Uh, several of them going to college. Also, just thinking back to my my career as a nursing home administrator, I ha- employed uh, licensed nursing assistants that went on to become physician assistants. Uh, I just talked with uh, someone that started as an LNA for me, I think back in 2009, um, went on to get his RN and is now a director of nursing in a skilled nursing facility. Wow. 
responsible mm. for you know, all aspects of, of nursing and clinical care. What and a- then you really know, right, Lynn, like when you come up from um, within the organization, you know what those jobs are like. And so you're really quite effective, I think, as the leader of the organization because you know what it's like to be these different positions throughout um the facility. Absolutely. And I, I found over my career that those those make the best uh, nurses, the best leaders. And you should also add, thank you for saying that, Paula, that you, some people decide to pursue uh, physical therapy or occupational therapy or even more of a, a business or administrative role, uh, but they have that foundation and the opportunity and experience to be exposed to many different types of jobs and roles, uh, which helps them to uh, decide what they want to do, which is great. What a terrific uh, career pathway, as you you pointed out, Lynn. And uh, how can people uh, get involved? What's the best way? So the best thing to do is to visit our website, which is nhneedscaregivers.org. Right on that first page, we have request information button. I click that button and uh, enter some very basic information about yourself and submit that. And uh, I do personally respond to each person that reaches out, uh, try to get to know them a little bit and uh, offer some additional resources to figure out which, uh, which path might be best for them and support them in becoming a licensed nursing assistant. Yeah, and I think it's really worth highlighting the fact that Lynn does the, you know, there's this wraparound service. And even Macy, who we met in the last segment, the wraparound services that are provided by their programs is really unique because a lot of training programs, you do the coursework and then you're kind of thrown to the wolves, but not here. So we're making sure that you're getting the support you need, that you're getting the resources because the the programs, they recognize you as more than just a student. They realize you may also be working at the same time. You may have a family. You may have your car die on your way to work. And so how are we, you know, we're really trying to support the whole person through these programs, which is really pretty unique and special. Uh, Dare I ask, uh, do any men get involved in the program? They sure do. Actually, (laughs) more than you would expect. Wow. That that is terrific. That, That is great. Well, we will continue with more on this segment of Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And in studio today, we have uh, Jody Harper from AHEC and uh, uh, Lynn Carpenter, the owner of Navlin Resources. And uh, also on the phone today, uh, Paula Smith, who has uh, only been with the AHEC a, a short time, uh, <laughs> only only a quarter of a century. The Jurassic period, uh, I say. <laughs> oh, you're both, you're all, all delightful. And we'll be uh, right back after these words on Your Health, New Hampshire, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. We welcome you back to Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. In studio today from AHEC is uh, Jody Harper, and uh, also on the phone from AHEC, Paula Smith. In studio, uh, Lynn Carpenter as well, the owner of Navalin Resources. Great show so far. We had a lot of information in our last segment uh, about uh, New Hampshire needs caregivers, and they do. There is no doubt about that. 
any other programs we can uh, talk about? Paula, what about uh, CHW Advance? Uh, tell us about that. I'm excited to tell you about it, and we've already talked um, in another show about community health workers, so hopefully our fans have um, listened to that. But the CHW Advance is really about promoting community health worker training and apprenticeship. Uh, And Macy talked a little bit about apprenticeship earlier. And so apprenticeship programs are um, from the Department of Labor. And so CHW Advance, I like to think of it as a three-legged stool. Uh, One of the legs is about CHW training and on-the-job training. So um, they do 56 hours of um, learning together online through Zoom, and then they make up the rest of their, their time by learning on the job with their employer in their communities. Um, and HRSA, uh, the Health Resources and Services Administration, has provided some stipends to help CHWs um, do this learning and do their on-the-job training. And so that's one leg of the school uh, the stool. The other leg is about what they call CHW upskilling, which is where the CHWs who have had training and want to learn more um, can take some additional courses. Um, like we just graduated a bunch of people who learned um, more about asthma education, for example, or we have an upcoming program on diabetes, and there are other programs that they can take. Um, and as I mentioned when Macy was on, um, you know, helping people take. Um, the better the building futures together programs um, to help sustain those and get people more information um, and then the last part of CHW advanced is really that apprenticeship program so we'll be enrolling employers um, and CHWs to do um, 144 of hours of related instruction so some of that would be that core CHW course plus Um, additional coursework to make the 144, and then they have these competencies that they have to do um, over the course of about 2,000 hours. And so this is another program where um, it's all about caring for people in your community. Um, CHWs, as people might remember, are trusted members of the communities that they serve, so they also have that lived experience that we were talking about. Um, whether they come from rural areas or urban areas or um, veteran communities. Um, And so, yeah, the program, I think, is a really great way of helping um, to meet the needs of community members by training community health workers. So uh, Community Health Workers Advance is the program, Paula. How long has it been around? It's brand new. We just started, uh, we got funding last September, and right. so we started enrolling people this spring. We had a little bit of a planning process, um, and so we're enrolling people for training now. Um, we just graduated, actually, uh, a class today, and uh, we'll start enrolling people in the fall for the new training cohort. Um, we partner with um, the North Country Health Consortium. They have a training program, so the New Hampshire AHEC has a training program, And this is actually um, a bi-state program where we work with people, um, the Southern Vermont AHEC as well. So it's it's all partnership all the time. How long a program are we talking about? So for the the training and and on-the-job training component, that's a shorter program. It could be seven to ten weeks. 
Um, but if you enroll in the apprenticeship, it's like a year long. So, um, you know, people can decide um, their level of commitment, right? How, how, much, um, how much time do I want to devote to this? Um, and I think employers will really like the apprenticeship program because it will keep people uh, engaged for the longer period of time. And as Macy said, employers really like um, that the trainees really get this really good foundation um, and there are stipends for, for both programs. So um, oh, actually for all of the programs, including the upskilling. So it's all um, about building more knowledge and skills to better serve the community. And what are the eligibility requirements? Really, it's, um, it's for people, you know, some CHWs have a college degree already, but many, you know, you can be a high school graduate. Um, you do need to be 18 years old or, or older. Um, and so really anybody is eligible. You can sign up for the training and then, um, you know, some CHWs are already employed. They're hired by their employer and then they enroll in training. Or if somebody's not employed as a CHW, you know, we'll help them find um, a field placement to do some training and help them get employed. So really, you know, it's an entry-level position, and we're really trying to build some career pathways for community health workers so that they can advance um, in their helping for the, the community. And the best way to get more information is? Yeah, I would say go to the AHEC website, and so we'll make sure that that's... Um, that's available. It's uh, snhahec.org, and it's under um, Center for Cultural Effectiveness and, and Community Health Workers. Outstanding. And, uh, Jody, I understand some exciting things uh, taking place at AHEC this summer. Yes, yeah. So we, we spent our show today talking a lot about what's going on for adults that want to get training in the workforce. But at AHEC, we really believe that it's important that we can't wait till you're 18 and a, college, a high school grad to start thinking about what you want to do. So we, for a long time, have been offering some training opportunities for kids in high school and in middle school to get them excited and exposed to what is a health career. A lot of students, they, um, you know, they come into to our classes saying, oh, you know, a health career, I'm going to be, you the person that checks you in at the doctor, the person that takes your waiter, I'm the doctor, and that's it, because that's what they have exposure to. But we really try to make sure that there are opportunities to experience the wide breadth of opportunity. How many times can I say opportunity in healthcare? <laughs> but really, we want them to see that there's more than providers and nurses and medical assistants. Um, there's informatics. If you really want to help, but you don't like touching people, you can be the computers and the data, and that is equally as important as the person who's frontline doing the work. So, so we, funny you say that, Jody. It's one of my students that I had this year in class thought he wanted to be an eye doctor. Yeah. And uh, by the end of the year, end of class, he decided healthcare IT was what he wanted <laughs> wow. to do. So great yeah. example. Yeah. yeah, it really, you know, people don't realize the whole breadth of opportunity there. And it's really, um, we actually have someone um, who is working with us this summer who is in health management and policy. So she actually started, we're very proud of our friend Nishimway, she started as a student involved in our program. So we do summer camp exploration opportunities and school year career exploration. So she started out in high school saying, you know what, I'd, I like people, but I don't want to be the one like, you know, doing the, the doing the dirty work. So right. I want to be an administrator. I want to be like healthcare needs people to, to run budgets and manage meetings and that too. So it's really, you know, we try hard to make sure students and everybody is exposed to the wide variety of opportunity 
there. So we have a camp coming up in Nashua. So if anybody listening has young people ages or grades 8, 9, and 10 in the Nashua area, head to our website. You can sign up for this free week-long camp. That'll be the week of July 24. And then we're going to do some pop-up stuff around Manchester instead of having kind of a traditional camp. But you know, the more the earlier and the more often we can expose people to what are the opportunities in healthcare, I consider it a job well done for us. Wow, what so. what what uh, you know, a great period of discovery for for these yeah. youngsters. Yeah, really is, and and it all starts. Yeah, it all starts on. Um, well, the camps are July 24, and and really we have a lot of stuff going on throughout the school year as well. So yeah. so checking out our website, you know, I think there's no time as too young to start exposing people to healthcare opportunities. I may or may not have been that auntie that got my sisters as they started to have kids. Like you know how would it like the board books about healthcare opportunities? It's like yep, yep. you're gonna you're gonna learn about more than just the, kind of the traditional roles for yeah. your oh, jobs absolutely. now. Absolutely, yeah. But what a, what a great opportunity, as, as you pointed out. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. Well, so, and we think about employment, right? We we talked about social drivers of health in another episode, and so employment and education are part of those yeah. social determinants of health. And I think all the programs that we've talked about today, the Building Futures Together, the New Hampshire Needs Caregivers, the Youth Pipeline programs that Jody's talking about, CHW Advance, all of these programs are really about. Um, wellness and health, because if you have a good job, if you have education behind you, you're more likely to have good health outcomes. Exactly. Yeah, our being a job, you know, you might wonder, why are we talking about workforce on a, on a show that's all about health and education? But workforce and your ability to have a job and have a stable income that provides you the opportunity to do the things you want to do really plays a big impact on your well-being. Um, I've been fortunate that I haven't had any stretches of unemployment besides a month in between jobs. That was, you know, my choice to be able to take that time to say, all right, I just worked really hard and I want to catch my breath now. But, exactly. um, you know, the data is out there. As a social worker, I learned about how people that are unemployed, if you have a poor job, if you have you know, a low quality of environment where you're working, it really can make a big impact. And so we really want to try to help make sure that people have the ability to live whatever they define as their best life, and especially through workforce. We have to wrap it up uh, in just a moment. But uh, Jody, tell us about the uh, a Walk with Ease that's yes. coming up. Yes. So we have a Walk with Ease class that you can do anytime. This is one that you can do on your own. You get a free book if you choose. Um, so if you head over to the website, it's startwalkwithease.org slash nhdhhs i know kind of a mouthful we'll have a link on the show page you can sign up and then we also have four chronic disease self-management classes that are coming up in july august and september both virtual and in person so you could come do some learning with your peers we're really excited about that and be sure to head out head to our um, ahec website to learn more about those upcoming classes and to get registered outstanding thank you very much jody harper Paula Smith from AHEC, Lynn Carpenter, owner of uh, Navlin Resources, and uh, Macy Muller from uh, the UNH Institute on Disability, all with us today here on Your Health New Hampshire on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. Thanks for joining us today and hope to see you next time on Your Health New Hampshire here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com.